Hi, Rad here. Welcome to Queens of the Drone Age. This is a re-release of one of our deep dive episodes. So we've reached into our archive and picked out something that we really loved from a long time ago and that you might not have heard before. So this episode is about vaporware. Tegan basically walked in and said, tell me a whole bunch about uh, tech that has been announced by big companies that never came out. And we had a whole heap of fun with it. I found a printer that printed on plastic. Don't know why they ever thought that that would be a good idea. But hey, you know, sometimes when it comes to tech, you've just got to shoot your shot. It was also really fun putting this together uh, for this re-release because looking back at how far our podcast has come is pretty amazing. This was a full like 60 episodes ago. This was episode 23. So really quite early days for us when we were still able to sit in the same room to record together. And looking back into the edit file, I'm kind of like, I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) I have learned so much since then. And I'm able to do things in such a better way than I did before. And it's just really, really cool to see and realize and reflect on. So thank you so much to everyone who listens and who's stuck with us. Um, And we hope you enjoy this little look down memory lane for Queens of the Drone Age. Also, I put some extra bloopers at the end as a treat, so stick around for those. As a big tech nerd, I am fascinated by vaporware. That's tech or games that are announced by a company and then just never appear. Now, we're not talking about Kickstarter projects here because that's a whole other thing, but products from big, reputable organizations that just don't materialize. Jute Nukem Forever is a great example. The first marketing material appeared in 1998 and then the game just didn't really happen. It became an industry joke for years and years and years until finally releasing in 2011. So Queens, hit me with some of your favourite vaporware stories. My absolute favourite story of vaporware is the Nintendo PlayStation. Excuse me? Pardon me? Nintendo PlayStation. Those are two different very big companies. They certainly are, (laughs) and they were originally working together. So development on this console started in 1988. Oh, what? Yeah, and it was designed to be compatible with Super Nintendo games as well as games released on discs. So it looked like a Super Nintendo with a disc drive. Did it have both? Was it dual yes. slotted? Oh. It was, it was, I like how you're like, oh, I'm like, yeah. Look, no one said it was pretty. Consoles <laughs> back then were not pretty, okay? You didn't buy her for her looks. It has a very good personality. <laughs> so under the agreement that they had together, Sony would develop and then retain the control over the disc games which basically meant Nintendo was handing over a lot of control of the software licensing to Sony. Which is not like them. Nintendo are very protective of its IP. Oh, yeah. And Sony would also be the sole benefactor of licensing for any of the music and movies that they released on the console as well. That makes sense for Sony. I want cartridge movies. (laughs) Oh, that'd be cool. I don't actually want that. I do. No, they they really wouldn't. (laughs) They'd be like 10 minutes long. It would not be great. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nintendo was understandably feeling a little bit disempowered by this deal. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they started having conversations with Philips instead, who were a pretty big competitor back then. And to they were going to, like, tack some lights on there, make it a whole production. <laughs> Then, at the 1991 CES, Sony announced the Nintendo PlayStation and they revealed a prototype. And they'd made two to three hundred of these prototypes by this stage. The very next day, Nintendo announced its partnership with Philips oh, instead. At, at CES as well? At CES. Wrecked. <laughs> Oh, that's such a that's messy like, bitch thing to do. I love it. Yeah, that's like going around and telling everyone you're going to prom with the hottest girl in school and then she walks into prom with someone else. <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. So this was Dumps a, you in the cafeteria. Yeah, exactly. But, it, but it's Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a surprise to literally everyone, including Sony. Oh. They were totally blindsided by this. <laughs> they had no idea at all. This We've is, got 300 consoles. <laughs> that seems like a rather mean thing to do. It is a rather mean thing to do. I think it was pretty mean. I <laughs> worship this. <laughs> Nintendo's deal with Philips gave Philips the right to feature Nintendo's characters in a few games for its CDI device, but it didn't include a whole new console being made. It wasn't the same kind of deal that they had going with Sony. Oh, that's not as bad. No. no. So Nintendo ended up watching the Sega CD console completely flop. That was yeah. not a success at all. So it ended up cancelling all of its plans to make a CD drive console. And the Nintendo-themed CDI games by Philips were also very poorly received is a very nice (laughs) way of putting it. That's funny, though, because thinking about it, what, 30 years on, Nintendo is still the only company in gaming that's still doing cartridges. Yep. Because you can't make a CD taste bad. Mm, (laughs) It's true. It's true. And, of course, Sony ended up developing its own console and ended up releasing the PlayStation in 1994. It was in direct competition with the Nintendo 64 that year. 32 million Nintendo 64s were sold. The Sony PlayStation ended up selling 102 (gasps) million units. Yeah. Wiped the floor with the Nintendo 64. Fast forward to 2015, one of the original Nintendo PlayStation prototypes was found. The prototype was put up for auction. The original asking price was $15,000. It ended up selling for $360,000 to the founder of Pets.com. <laughs> I kid you not. Okay. You can't even play it. No, but no, you actually can play it. Only if you can get games. No, you, there's modders that have been working on it mm-hmm. and you can play the original games Wait, that were developed for it. There was software being developed for it. There were games being developed for it. Yeah, but where are you going to find them and how are people modding it if they didn't? They might be using them. ROMs or something. Yeah, there were modders working on it and there were the original games that had been developed for the prototype as well. There were, there were games in development development for this console oh, that they've made two oh. to three hundred versions of. I'm just disappointed that this breakup means that we never got to see Mario in Last of Us. Mm. Uh, it's true. Also, that, It was the natural progression. Do you know that Tomb Raider was originally going to be uh, Luigi? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that this breakup is what kicked off the console wars. Console yeah. wars weren't really a thing until then. Like, mm. hey, if you had a Sega, hey, if you had a Nintendo, it was like, it well, was no big had deal. one. Who knows about that? <laughs> <laughs> and it failed as well. Yeah. Oh. 
That's so cool. yeah, that's my favorite vaporware story. That's ever. incredible because it changed the course of gaming forever. And I love the messiness of them yeah. just like the next day being like, actually, <laughs> we have a new boyfriend. His name's Phillips. <laughs> Imagine being at that CES though. Imagine being a reporter at that CES and going, oh wow, look at this Nintendo Sony it would collaboration. Be so confusing. And also, it's 1991, so you couldn't just like quickly fire off a blog post. You'd have no. to be like, you would have been like quickly like on the phone to your editor trying to file something yeah oh my god it would have been amazing so much drama it's okay there'd be no rush your your mag comes out weekly (laughs) (laughs) like monthly breaking news (laughs) your deadline's in three weeks everything's fine (laughs) while we're on video games i gotta mention one of the most famous vaporwares i think in the world Half-Life 3. Uh-huh. Oh, did yeah. they even actually announce Half-Life 3 or did everyone just assume that it was coming out because they like wanted to manifest it? Like the fans? Yeah, they're just like, I really want a Half-Life 3. I'm going to say that it's happening. It was strongly implied strongly. That, that there would be another Half-Life. No, like he never said that he loved me, but like oh. if you saw the way that he looked at me. We didn't say it, but I just know he loves me. Like, a gentleman's agreement. Well, they actually did announce oh, it. Oh, okay, they okay, did okay, announce okay. it. 50 years ago yeah <gasps> yeah that's Duke Nukem territory oh what's yeah. what's a cheeky 15 between mates <laughs> 15 years ago was only 2005 Ray why would you bring that that's negative disgusting. energy into this room <laughs> wait 2006. 2006 oh it's fine 2020 didn't exist it's true <laughs> oh, no. all right so so if they announced it what happened it just never came why Great. not it's like Godot <laughs> <laughs> waiting for Godot yeah you just spoiled it for me Well, were you ever going to like read or watch that play? How many times do we have to discuss statute of limitations on spoilers on this show? I don't think we can spoil waiting for Godot. So quick background, Half-Life was a first person shooter from Valve that was really well received. Rather well received. Everyone (laughs) loved it. People quite liked it. They quite enjoyed the shooter. (laughs) So like one of the biggest in the world, right? Which is why people were freaking out over a third one. Yeah, exactly. And Valve really doesn't make that many games. So we've basically been waiting for Valve to make Half-Life 3, but like everyone has been waiting for George R.R. Martin to finish Game of Thrones. Oh. Yes, exactly. You're Great not analogy. doing anything Great. else. Come on. We've seen you rolling down a hill in a Zorb ball, George. <laughs> Write the books. Get back to work. <laughs> I mean, while they're putting out things like Artifact. And it's also not like they don't have the money to be developing this game because Valve are very well off. Yeah, I mean, like, they're the developer of Steam, which is the biggest digital storefront for video games I'd say in the world. I don't know what's going on in China, but I'd say in the world. (laughs) And also they're the developer of Dota, which is the best game in the world. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, you don't think so? You want to go? You want to go? You want to go? Yeah. Keep recording, please. (laughs) You two and your Dota, I swear. It's a good game. The best game. I'm very happy for you. Maybe that's why they haven't bothered releasing Half-Life 3. It's just not going to live up to the hype of Dota. (laughs) They've already perfected video games, so... Yeah, just quit. Do we think we'll ever see Half-Life 3? Are they going to do it? There's so much hype around it, like so Still. much expectation. I feel Anything like, yeah. they do is not going to meet yeah. fan expectation. I think they could maybe meet fan expectation, but I also think that 
there's just too much pressure and I wouldn't want to work on that game. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah like, definitely. I think that so many people would walk away from the job because it's just way too much pressure. It's become so big, like a myth. Yeah. They don't want to get harassed on social media by angry gamers because they didn't dev good enough, apparently. You know? Like, I can't blame them. They should have released it 15 years ago when social media wasn't such a big thing. Mm, that's a good point. Good oh, point. Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're way too right about that. <laughs> no, it's, that's upsetting how correct that is. The only solution is to just turn off the internet like in Next. <laughs> just, no. yeah, just turn it off. Oh. Just put a nail through it. No, <laughs> no all my cloud storage. <laughs> a piece of vaporware that is probably not quite as juggernaut level as some of these, but that I really liked was the pre-peat which is the Can I guess what this is? Yes, oh, please do. Oh, Amanda. Okay, oh, what is the pre-peat? Pre-peat. Okay. Well, clearly something is repeating in this because it's pre-peat. Pre, pre, before something. So mm-hmm. it does something before something <laughs> and then does it again. I don't know. <laughs> Not to be confused with post-peat. After Pete. Oh, it helps you get over your ex. (laughs) (laughs) Named Pete. Very, like, specific market, that Mm. one, yeah. No, in fact, it is an eco-friendly printer. Ooh, I'm in. Which doesn't print on paper. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) oh the fickle tech consumer uh it prints on reusable plastic sheets which you have to use with this printer yeah and then you can wipe the sheet and print on it again so amanda was right because it's something you've used previously and then you're repeating she was absolutely correct (gasps) i was right oh she kind of is no she 100 (laughs) percent is except for the first time you use it because that's, that's a fresh bit of plastic. That's a fresh that. peat. It's yeah. just peat. It's a fresh yeah. peat. <laughs> Amanda, you nailed it. Yay. You're a genius. Yay. The reason that this kind of cool technology didn't take off, aside from the fact that I guess you would have to get these specific plastic sheets and then you give it away to someone and then you don't have it anymore. And I assume also you can't write on them. You have to print on them. And half of the joy of printing something out is that you can write on it. That's part speculation on my part, but they were very, very expensive and were over £4,000. When was this? I believe this was around 2010. Okay, I thought this was maybe like a 90s thing when you still had projectors at school and Mr. Morris prints it out (laughs) and, you know, puts it up for school choir and it's upside down and that's annoying and no one knows what's going on, but that is not 2010. You know what? I can't, for one, remember anything that was happening in 2010, but maybe there was, you know, a really big push for recycling at this time. So more plastic. So more plastic (laughs) seemed to be the answer. A couple of flaws in the uh, logic there, but good on him for trying. Great. I feel like the point of printing stuff out a lot of the time is that you want to keep it. So having th- something that wipes away, like a contract, for example, if you're wanting to print out your legal documents or In anything space like that. or something like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of cool for that because it's space paper. So. Oh. It's not space paper. How, how do you know that? space paper? How, how do you know? They said it's space paper. 2010, by the way, was the year of the BP oil spill. So maybe there was a massive push to be environmentally friendly while we watched uh, wildlife being engulfed with oil. Oh, and God. print on plastic instead. Yeah, because plastics... Save some trees. Famously really plan. good for the yeah. environment. Precisely. <laughs> and another quick one that I have for you is the invisibility coat. Excuse me? What? Do you do you remember this one from Harry like... Potter? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a uh, a Japanese scientist created an invisibility coat to get down to like the secret part of the library no, no one's allowed in. <laughs> in 2003, which essentially used a camera on the back 
that would project the image from behind them on the front. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. It worked kind of. I love this so much. Yeah. Um, it, you know, did require a camera and power and a, and a bunch of other things. Which, and people to view it from a certain angle. Yeah. <laughs> Not magic. A which, lot of confidence. You know, isn't precisely invisible, but. He was getting there, uh, and he was hoping to develop a commercially viable system within a few years. How'd that go? <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard anything since 2003. It's vaporware. It is it's vaporware. Oh, yeah, that's the episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm running the episode. <laughs> Did you literally forget? <laughs> no. I just thought it'd be funny. I just wanted attention. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently one of the applications he saw for it was in surgery. Oh. Uh, because. How? Why? Why? Because when? <laughs> Who? You're scared of the surgeons? <laughs> <laughs> because it's much more comforting to be awake during surgery when your surgeon is just floating hands. Sorry, oh, yeah. awake no. during surgery? <laughs> yeah, no thank you. No, no, thank no that you. was true. That was okay. all fake. Oh, oh gosh. Um, the idea was that when surgeons are operating, they might not be able to see you know, parts of the patient because their hands and equipment are obscuring it. <laughs> okay. I don't know how you're planning to get like disposable uh, sterile versions of these gloves with the dexterity that like a latex glove gives, but you know. You get a dream, right? Yeah, I love it. Too yeah. big. Yeah, it's great. It sounds like he just desperately tried to think of a reasonable application for this product uh, so that he could have surgery. the backing of <laughs> some kind of industry so he could make this into a product and rock up at an expo somewhere. Yeah, there's, there's, I need some use men. for this that isn't military and isn't creepy. <laughs> he was also like, could be a window. Oh, man. You're oh, right, though, man. Oh. Yeah. Although they have – have you seen on TikTok people are buying projectors and projecting up windows onto their – in. It's that's super bleak. There is also <laughs> there is also a like fake skylight that you can buy that essentially just gives like a blue sort of sky look and sunlight and it also moves in a way that makes it seem like the sun's actually yeah, doing stuff I which that. I sort of love. Yeah, I kind of wanted it. I love a skylight. Yeah. But it detects the one that I saw at least it detects what's going on outside and to reflect something kind of accurate. Inside. I think so, but only to a certain degree. It's yeah. not like a camera on the other side, which yeah. is projecting like the invisibility cloak. It's more just like <laughs> the weather in your area is like this and therefore yeah. it changes a bit. Hi, Sydney Siders. Did you just spend $1.5 million on a one-bedroom apartment and no windows? Do we have the tech for you? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> really, though? Yeah, actually. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. So something that I have personally been waiting for for three years now. Okay, fine. I'll say it. I love you. Oh, look, I didn't think that we said we were exclusive. <laughs> so, back in 2018, I went to New York for the first time as a baby journo to check out the new Samsung uh, Note 9. But usually a few other things get shown off at these things. And one was Samsung's own Galaxy Home smart speaker for your house. Now, it was quite funny at the time. It started getting memed pretty quickly in the tech crowd because it was quite big and looked a little bit like a Weber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember this um, now. And some people called it the Bixby urn because of how it was shaped. But they even showed it off at IFA in Germany a couple of months later. I saw it. I touched it. It is real. It is not out yet. It has been three years. Oh. <gasps> 
So I've been actually following this story for a few years now. Every six months or so, I kind of check in on it. Uh, Samsung's like, oh God, she's emailed me again about this. <laughs> um, and it just hasn't materialized. So, you know, throughout 2018 and then 2019, I was waiting for this thing to come out. You know, a few times it was given actual release date. Oh. DJ Co, who was the CEO of that division of Samsung at the time, literally said in interviews, like to CNET and stuff, like it will be out in April 2019 then it just didn't happen. Then it would be like six months later and it just didn't happen. And we kind of thought maybe it was going to be made smaller and it was, and then that was going to come out and it was going to be the Galaxy Home Mini and then it just didn't happen. Do you have any speculation as to why? Like, because this isn't like a foldable, this isn't really difficult tech to actually invent and create no i mean it's a it's a smart speaker they and exist and it sounded like a really good one it was meant to have really great sound in it besides that it was too big and they seemed to have fixed that that was the only problem that i kind of had and in fact a beta program for the mini version actually kicked off in south korea in like august 2019 but no one really knows what happened with it then finally the day came February in 2020, there is an announcement on the Samsung South Korea website that says that the Galaxy Home Mini is coming out on February 12th. I rejoiced. I was very happy. It even had a price tag. And then the announcement was removed from the site later that same day. Do you think it's just because everyone hates Bixby? Like, I've considered that. Like, if it was going to be mostly based around Bixby, I, I kind of thought, like, to answer Rad's question before about why, that maybe they were looking at maybe bringing in a different assistant or something, but they had these things. I saw them. They're not going to part with Bixby. They've invested no, in Bixby. You're right. They're going to hold on to it whether people are using it or not. But imagine going into a market where you're competing with you know, Amazon Alexa and you know, Google and Siri and all of these yeah. voice assistants that we're all used to and work are very really comfortable well. with and they work really well and then going, oh, do you want to talk to Bixby as well because he's our speaker? Yeah. Like the speaker itself would have to be exceptional to make up for the fact that using Bixby is just still not a great experience. I say make it bigger, make it a table. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of looked like one originally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go for it. Lean into it, you know. Ikea are doing those uh, speaker lamps and stuff that look really terrible, but I love it. Let's get in on it. (laughs) Partnership with Weber. Just speaker Weber. Yeah, bring it on Australia only. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Is there anything more Australian than a barbecue with a built-in speaker? I don't think there is. I reckon you should run that straight up the flagpole. (laughs) That sounds like it'd be terrible to clean. (laughs) Look, even three years on, I'm really hoping this doesn't become vaporware and that maybe it's just taken longer because of, you know, the pandemic. There's been so many hardware shortages that have affected businesses all over the world, especially Mm -hmm. with chipsets and stuff like that. But if I'm honest with myself... They kept on pushing back the dates well before that. So I just don't know. Don't ever be honest with yourself. Okay. It's definitely coming. It's going to be here soon. Yeah. And I know that I'm sounding really critical, but I just really want it to come out. (laughs) I really want it. I like how you keep saying, oh, but I saw it. Like you've got this vibe of someone who saw a UFO. (laughs) Yeah. It was was in Berlin, man. You heaps do. I touched the Nintendo PlayStation. It has to exist. (laughs) Exactly. It definitely wasn't just a dream. And that's it for another week. Thanks for letting us give you weird facts you didn't ask for. And thank you, Queens. Thank, thank you. you. No worries. And thank you to Shaw and Jans Australia for providing the gear that we use to record. Queens of the Drone Age is produced by us. Rad makes us sound like we're not recording in her lounge room after work on a Thursday. 
Amanda words so good you wouldn't know that they were crafted after work on a Thursday. Ray is so organised that you wouldn't know that the email that arrived in your inbox this morning was scheduled after work on a Thursday. <laughs> and I take care of the website, the show notes, and wrote this week's episode after work on a Thursday. <laughs> All about gorgeous branding and art is the work of Taya Godson. I don't know when she made it. Maybe after work on a Thursday. <laughs> Remember to subscribe so you get the next episode at about 4am on a Monday. And if you like what you hear, chuck us a rating. Five stars only. See you in the future. You know what else is vaporware? What? what? Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. <laughs> She's not wrong. Amanda. Accurate. I guess I can't talk about that. <laughs> no, that was like my second choice. <laughs> save that for another episode. <laughs> we should call the episode Half-Life 3, episode 2 confirmed. Uh, how do I get into my car? Just do it. How do I get into my car? I don't know how to get into it. Okay. Open the door.